Are you hesitating to take the next step in your e-commerce journey? Founder Plus has you covered with proven frameworks tailored to your business needs for fast results, a supportive community of over 30,000 like-minded entrepreneurs and weekly live mentorship sessions. Founder Plus is your key to success. Try Founder Plus today for just $1 for seven days and start building your dream business with confidence. You can visit founder.com forward slash start dollar trial or click the link in the description to claim your trial. This is episode number 204 with Mike Dillard of the Founder Podcast. What you need is thirst. You need to be a thirsty human who is intent on learning. It's a really fascinating fascinating exploration of human potential. Now. 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 The Founder Podcast. Even the greatest entrepreneurs had help. If you want to learn from the most successful founders on the planet, you are in the right place. Branson, Mark Cuban, Tony Robbins, Tim Ferriss, Ariana Huffington, Steve Case, Gary V, Sophia Amoroso, Robert Corcoran, Damon John. Learn from the greatest minds in business today with interviews hosted by Nathan Chan. This is not your average entrepreneur podcast. The Founder Podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Before we start today's episode, I just want to let you know that our goal at Founder is to help entrepreneurs succeed however we can by giving away high quality content in the form of interviews, blog posts, podcasts, YouTube videos, you name it. We put out so much content to help you. And another interesting project that we're working on right now is partnering with world-class founders like Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills like negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free trainings with founders like this, which is 100% free, just go to founder.com forward slash free. Okay, so now let's talk about today's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Founder Podcast. My name is Nathan Chan. I'm the CEO and host of this podcast and also of Founder Magazine. And if you are new here and uh, it's the first time listening, we interview some of the greatest entrepreneurs of our generation and really try and break down and get them to share their experiences and lessons learned on what it takes to build and grow a successful business. Now, uh, there's a lot been happening. I always say this. Uh, it's because I guess if you're listening to this now, you know uh, the pains of trying to build a business or start a business and grow a business and scale a business. And, uh, you know, that's kind of what's happening with me right now and the founder team. We've got a lot going on. We just come back off um, our latest launch, Consulting Empire with Sabri Subi. Uh, he's teaching that course. He has one of the fastest growing marketing agencies in Australia. Uh, we've closed that off and now we're really uh, excited to really work with uh, our first batch of enrollments and students in that course and get them insane results. And we look to open it up in, I don't know, three, four, five months. And uh, yeah, really, really exciting. We've got like seven, eight, no, we've, we've recorded, we've shot and produced six, seven courses. And I think we've got three more we've got to shoot and produce or four more. But anyways, guys, a lot is happening in my world uh, and just really just working hard to just bring on weapon A players to the founder team. And we're growing quite fast at the moment, which is really fun and exciting, but it's just important to just kind of hit, keep my head screwed on and not get too crazy and do all this stuff and just stay focused. 
So anyways, that's kind of what's happening in my world. Enough about me. Let's talk about today's guest. Now, his name is Mike Dillard, and I heard about him a few years ago now, and I've been following Mike quietly for quite some time now, and uh, we connected a while ago. He had me on his podcast called Self Made Man, and it was an awesome episode, and, uh, you know, Mike is an incredible guy, and he's done a lot of stuff. He's done a lot of stuff online, and he's a very, very smart marketer and a great founder to learn from. And, you know, right now, actually, funnily enough, me and him have actually a similar vision to what we're trying to build, which is kind of cool, you know, that, like, uh, you know, I don't see him as a competitor or anything like that. We just, you know, we're both promoting entrepreneurship and, you know, wanting to build entrepreneurial platforms to further serve entrepreneurs and founders in this market. So it's really cool to hear about his new platform, which he talks about, but then also just his journey. He's done a lot of stuff. He talked about his hydroponic business and how um, he ended up pivoting out of that. And it's really interesting around, uh, I guess, how he decided to what to do next when he realized that there was a big competitor that he kind of deemed that he couldn't compete with uh, in that space. And then also we talk about the power of copywriting and that's something that we're getting into really, really deeply at Founder Now. I cannot stress enough uh, the difference that you can make on conversions uh, literally by changing the words uh, and uh, yeah, or the emails or, or whatever it is copywriting is so incredibly important. We've got some more cool stuff to share with you on that in the future. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. There might be a course around it with an absolute weapon copywriter, but let's not digress. You're going to love this episode with Mike. It's a very, very humble story on what it takes to build and grow a successful online business multiple times, failing and coming back. All right, that's it from me. If you are enjoying these episodes, please do take the time to leave us a review. It helps us more than you can imagine. All right, now let's jump into the show. Well, the first question that I ask everyone that uh, comes on is, how did you get your job? <laughs> is that what we what we call founder CEO these days? <laughs> um, well, is that is that what you mean? How how do I how did I get my job as a as an entrepreneur or? Yeah, yeah, like, like, how'd you find yourself doing the work you're doing today with self-made man? Like, tell us about where, where you've come from. Yeah, no, I, I knew I wanted to become an entrepreneur way back in high school when I was waiting tables because I, I, uh, I hated the fact that somebody else had control over my schedule and the amount of money that I made. And after a late night of you know bussing, bussing dishes and all of that good stuff, I'd get home at midnight, one o'clock, and obviously this was in high school, so I'm heading to my parents' home would turn on the TV to decompress for a little bit. And, you know, midnight, one o'clock, the only thing that's on is infomercials, at least way back then, uh, you know, 20 something years ago. So, uh, yeah, I'd start to see Tony Robbins and Carlton Sheets and all of these other guys on late night that would plant seeds of opportunity into my head uh, at a moment when I was most susceptible to it, having just worked probably a 12-hour double shift. And so that's really what started me down the path of entre entrepreneurship, gosh, uh, you know, again, 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. Wow. And I'm really curious cause, um, you've, you've done a, a lot of stuff in the educational space, but then also I, I want to talk about the hydroponics and what happened there. I never got to the bottom of that. I, I don't know why, but, um, so yeah, like, uh, what, what was your first venture and, and, uh, yeah, what happened next? 
Well, my very first entrepreneurial endeavor was in the network marketing industry, and that was in the late '90s. You know, around the around the year 2000. So I was in uh, college at the time, and that's what was available. This is Web 1.0 days. This is pre-social media. This is right when we used to see the very first examples of you know video on the internet. <laughs> so. Uh, there, this whole internet marketing, you know, world did not exist back then. And so the only way a broke college student could really pursue a business or at least one of the easiest ways was through network marketing. So I got my start in that and I struggled mightily for about five years. I never made a dime, never built an organization, couldn't sell product. And I just realized that I, uh, really sucked <laughs> at, at all of that was very shy, very introverted, but at the same time, the thought of having to go get a real job in corporate America for the rest of my life was even scarier. So I you know, continued to work at it and work at it. And someone finally told me, a mentor finally told me that, hey, if you want to become a person who's capable of making $50,000, $100,000 a month, or if, you know, if that's what you want to do, you have to become a person who's capable of doing that. And that was really a sobering moment for me because I realized that all of these years, I had just chased opportunities and marketing, you know, systems that were, you know, supposed to do the work for me and, and to produce the result for me, right? Get in on the ground floor, have a, a great product or a great marketing system, you know, et cetera, et cetera. All of these things were supposed to produce the result. And when he told me that, I realized, I was like, oh, interesting. I have to become someone who is capable of producing that result rather than, you know, looking outwardly for it to come to me. And so that was the light bulb I needed from that moment forward. I really started focusing on increasing my value and skill set uh, to others. And I needed to figure out a way to build a network marketing business that was aligned with my introverted personality type. And I couldn't have picked a worse industry. You know, network marketing is is a people business. It's about building relationships, shaking hands, making phone calls, holding events, and all of that stuff was just uh, miserable to me. So um, I had to figure out a way to to make it work without all of that. And so I discovered direct response marketing somehow, some way. I ran into guys like, uh, or at least the work from guys like Dan Kennedy and Yannick Silver back in the day, and scientific advertising and Claude Hopkins. And that was the missing piece of the puzzle for me because it allowed me to one, learn how to sell, but two, to apply salesmanship in essentially print or in the written form, which allowed me to get around my introversion, right? So all of a sudden, I didn't have to go door to door or call leads anymore. I could literally write a sales presentation, post it on the internet and teach myself how to use Google AdWords and start sending traffic there for a few bucks a day. And that changed everything. Uh, within 18 months, I went from waiting tables to building uh, a seven-figure business, making a million dollars. And uh, and that was it. Went to uh, the top of the networking company that I was uh, in at the time, became the number one distributor. And then that's how I actually got into the information side of the business is once I started to figure out how to do this, I ended up writing an instruction manual for my team uh, essentially teaching them the principles of attraction marketing and direct response that I'd learned how to use. Uh, and I called it magnetic sponsoring. And 
lo and behold, that little document was about 50 pages I wrote in Microsoft Word, uh, had it spiral bound at Kinko's, started to sell online. I, I offered it to strangers online for 39 bucks a copy. And within, I think, probably three months, I was selling uh, around 50 copies of that a day at 40 bucks a piece. And so, you know, within a month or two, I was making 50 to $70,000 a month just from the sale of that book. Um, oh, wow. And from I, tight traffic? Yeah, from Google AdWords and affiliates uh, and really just word of mouth. And that book really took on a life of its own. It changed that industry. It was the first book that taught internet marketing and direct response marketing to that industry. And it, it's really what put me on the map. Um, so that book led to probably four, five, six other courses over the next three years in that world, teaching network marketers essentially how to market <laughs> for real, um, you know, using AdWords and, and how to write direct response copy and all of that stuff. And so that turned into a $25 million publishing company. And at the end of that, I'd say after four or five years, I was kind of done. I had achieved every goal I'd ever had and dreamed of in that world. There was really nothing left for me to do. So I started looking for, uh, you know, my next passion, if you will. And it turned out to be in the financial education space because I realized that I'd made all of this money and I'd blown most of it because I was young. I was single. I was in my 20s. I'm making millions of dollars a year. And you grow up as an aspiring entrepreneur with posters of Ferraris and Lamborghinis on your wall and, you know, you're your goal book, right? And so you go out and you acquire all of those things. But then I realized after a year or two, it was like, hey, I'm squandering a huge opportunity for actual financial freedom here because I'm not investing this and I need to figure that out. And that was actually right around the time of the big financial crash of 08. So the whole world was kind of reset in that regard as far as what was you know, expected to be the the safe path when it comes to to long term investment strategies. All of a sudden, everybody lost forty fifty percent of their net worth. It's like, oh, okay, nobody really knows what to do anymore. And I really found that to be the case. Every book that I ever found on a bookstore shelf, you know, post crash was irrelevant. <laughs> Everything they said to do would have resulted in uh, in a huge loss. So. It was a huge personal problem that I had as far as the fact that I needed to get a financial education, and it was a huge problem that the rest of the world had at this point because the rules had changed. The paradigm, the previous paradigm was over, and nobody really knew what to do next. So um, I decided to turn that into my my next business, and uh, it was very, very basic at the time. I wanted to run a very simple lifestyle business because I was uh, in the middle of having a child at around that point in my life. So I just wanted something simple that I could run from home that would make at least a hundred grand a month, and you know that I'd only have to work on a couple of hours a day. So I built a private uh, wish list member WordPress site, um, you know, members only site, and put together a webinar. And I essentially said, "Hey, I have no idea what I'm doing when it comes to investing, but I'm going to figure this out, and I'm going to go interview the smartest entrepreneurs and investors I know." Uh, you know, once a month, we're going to learn about a new investment strategy, such as multifamily real estate or precious metals or oil and gas or whatever it may be. And as I invest my money, I'm going to document who I invest it with. You can have their contact information if you want to do the same. And, you know, we're just going to learn learn this uh, skill set. 
And there's a big opportunity, I think, in that regard, at least there was then, because our industry is very, very good at teaching people how to make money, but nobody ever really taught us what to do with the money once we made it. And I thought that that was a huge gap in the market that someone really needed to fill. So we charged uh, $97 a month for access to that or 597 a year. Uh, I launched the, a webinar to offer that to my audience and it, it just really blew me away. I had no idea what to expect because I was no longer the guru or expert. I was no longer the teacher in this, in this format. I was essentially the host. I was Oprah, right? I was just interviewing other people. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think the timing in the market was just right. It was the perfect offer at the perfect time. And we did uh, $3.2 million in sales in our first seven days. Uh, we brought on, we brought on 8,600 customers in a week. And within the first 12 months, we'd done over $10 million in revenue and had a, <laughs> my, my lifestyle ambitions went away and we had a team and an office and, and all kinds of stuff going on. Yeah. Wow. That's impressive. And what I'm curious around is, um, you know, you said, uh, your first, uh, business around, um, you know, information marketing, how educating network marketers, you said that was $25 million. Was that $25 million a year? Total, total. The most we did was about 6.3, I believe was our biggest year. Um, yeah. Wow. Still that's, that's pretty like a, a great business. Like, and you, you said that you, you squandered all that money. Like how, how, like what did you spend it on just out of curiosity? <laughs> well, like, we actually, you know, we had a, a team, we had a team yeah. at that point. We had an office, we probably had six or seven employees and, a, and I had a business partner that I brought on, right? So a business partner, boom, yeah, there okay. goes 50%, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Got and then you. there yeah, goes yeah. your affiliate commissions and, and uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yes. before okay. you know it, you got 10% left maybe. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. And then so you started the Elevation Group. Um, so I actually had seen the Elevation Group around. So I started Founder What, coming on five years now. And I remember the Elevation Group maybe when I was just kind of starting to understand this wide world of the online space and, and this kind of education space and, and everything that's going on. So I don't know. I, you, are you still active in the Elevation Group or – I've always wondered that. Yeah. No, you know, we ran into a tough spot when one of the guys we interviewed in year two ended up being a con man. <laughs> so, oh uh, my God. So what happened? Uh, yeah, you know, we, we were on our 18th lesson, 18 months into it. And, um, you know, we went down to Australia, down to Brisbane to, to interview this guy who ran, uh, in a, a private investment fund and, you know, produced a lesson and everybody loved it. Uh, you know, we came back and, and, uh, had a Q and a session for him to talk about his fund and, you know, he had his, all of his documents and their past performance and their, you know, KPMG financial docs and all of that stuff. So anyway, I, I in, ended up investing in it and a lot of our audience did as well. Um, and about six months later we woke up and we had like a, a 60, 50 or 60% loss in our portfolio. And so obviously everybody's freaked out. And, uh, so I, I get on Skype with him and I'm like, Hey, what's going on? Uh, and he's like, Oh, it was a, a, an error by our, our head trader, like a human error, right? Instead of a, a 1% trade or whatever, or a 0.01, it was a one. Right. And so instead of a 6% loss, it was a 60% loss. And he's like, just tell everybody to invest more money and we'll make it back twice as fast. And when he said that, I was like, Oh no. Um, 
And so we called, uh, you know, our attorneys and had a meeting with them that was not fun because at the end of it, they basically pulled out this giant encyclopedia sized book, opened up to a specific page and said, this was the scam you got taken by. So, wow. Um, that began a three year nightmare of, you know, contacting the federal authorities, being a witness in that case against, uh, you know, those guys, uh, but, you know, obviously overnight the business tanked. We went from roughly a million dollars a month in revenue to like 200, you know, which didn't pay for, you know, our expenses. And uh, it was unbelievably stressful. And it just took a it took a long time. Uh, you know, eventually they were found guilty and, and prosecuted and all of that good stuff. But uh, at the end of it, my business partner got cancer and almost died from the stress. I lost every penny I'd ever made. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so that was a <laughs> that was a hell of a trip, unfortunately. Yeah, wow. I'm so sorry to hear that, and I, I feel ashamed that this person. It sounds like he was Australian. Yeah, yeah, he's he's stuck there. He can't leave the country again. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, because the reason I asked that question is is I when I was looking like um, preparing for our interview, because man, I'm a big fan of your stuff. You're very very good at what you do, and I want to talk more about this sales stuff because you're very very good at selling online. I think you really help our audience there, but. Like the Elevation Group, there there is still something there, and I wanted to know. Like, yeah, you, yeah. So, yeah. so I I walked away after all of that was done because I was just emotionally over it, right? Like that was the most difficult thing I'd ever been through in my life, and the last thing I I wanted to do was continue to pursue that. So I gave my half of the company to to my business partner Robert at the time, uh, and then a year later he ended up selling it uh, to a, a great set of. Uh, uh, another entrepreneurial duo, some great guys who have been running it for the last year or two. And they're, you know, really rebuilding it in, in their vision and their eyes. And they've done a, a fantastic job. And, um, yeah, so that's es essentially what happened to it. Yeah. Well, that's cool. And so what happened next? Uh, I had to figure out what I was going to do with my life. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and for me, all of my businesses are always around, something that I'm personally passionate about. I can't build a business unless it really authentically comes from inside me. I don't, I don't pursue things for money because I just don't find that fulfilling in any way. And I'm not willing to, to get up and bust my ass every day for something that I'm not incredibly passionate about. So the big turning point for me is I actually went to Tony Robbins date with destiny event in uh, the end of 2014. And that happened to be the same uh, show, if you will, or event that they filmed his documentary at. So I'm, I'm in the audience, uh, in that film. Oh, wow. And that really reset everything for me. It was a huge, huge turning point. And I essentially gave myself permission to, to move on with my life coming out of, out of that week. And I had two ideas as far as what I wanted to do and what I was passionate about. And that was, uh, solving the food industry, uh, you know, one of the biggest problems that we have in the food industry these days, which is the fact that if you want to buy clean, healthy, organic food, that's not covered in poison, at least here in the United States, you have to be wealthy. <laughs> you have to be able to shop at Whole Foods and make a six figure salary just to buy vegetables that don't have poison on them. And I think that that's ridiculous. So that's a huge problem that I saw that I, I you know, could see a solution for. The second uh, item that I was really passionate around was self-made man, was providing mentorship, 
at that time specifically for the next generation of entrepreneurs and to share my lessons learned and, and, and wisdom with that group. And I ended up marrying both of them together. And so I decided that my primary company and endeavor was going to be the food challenge because that was a new world for me to get in. It was something that I was, I have never done before. And so that piqued my interest. And if I pulled it off, it was a huge, huge opportunity that could be worth, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to me, uh, you know, if everything went well. The problem is, uh, is that if you're developing a tech product of any kind or a physical product, it takes a lot of money. And I was out of money at that point. So I needed a way to not only, you know, rebuild my, my net worth or, or war chest, but to also fund the development of the hydroponic business. So alongside that, I started Self-Made Man and started writing courses again and selling those. And, and that became the cash flow engine that funded uh, Evergrow, which is the name of the hydroponic business. And that's something, you know, I, I've been really, really proud of because I'd never grown anything in my life before. I've never developed, again, a tech product before, a physical product before. And here I was trying to take on one of the single biggest challenges in the world, which to, was to disrupt the agricultural industry, right? So the concept was pretty simple. If you want to reduce the cost of something, you have to decentralize it, just as we've seen Airbnb do with hotels, Uber do with transportation, uh, Odesk do with, with hiring engineers, uh, Etsy doing with, uh, you know, allowing arts and crafts folks to sell their goods without having to get into a store. And so the concept for me is, well, if you want to reduce food costs by 80, 90%, you have to de decentralize the existing model and get rid of all of the infrastructure. If you get rid of the farmer, the farm, the tractor, the, uh, the 18 wheelers, the distribution chains and centers and the grocery stores, well, then you can get rid of 80 to 90% of the cost behind that food production, right? And so the question became, oh, okay, how do you do that? The technology existed to grow, you know, plants in your kitchen. We've, we've all seen aero, the Aero Garden and things like that, you know, for 10, 15 years now where you drop in a little seed pod and it has a light and it grows, right? Yeah. But, you know, growing three plants or three sprigs of basil or mint on your kitchen table doesn't change anything uh, tangible for you. We really needed to build something that could replace your run to the grocery store for you and your family. In order for that to actually succeed, there it, it needs a few components. It has to be completely easy. It has to be as easy as a refrigerator, right? You don't have to think about it or a microwave. Uh, everything has to be completely automated from beginning to end. And it needed to grow, you know, in my mind, uh, at least 36 plants at a time, which was what we ended up designing into our system. And, you know, that's roughly one full head of lettuce a day, if you will. And I don't think anybody eats that much greens, but um, that would really fulfill our, our volume requirement to, to make a real dent in that world. So uh, I started out literally by going to Amazon and buying five uh, books on hydroponics, and, and that was my education when it came to, to growing plants. Uh, I had no idea how to get the thing designed, so went to Google and started typing in industrial design firms, and I literally just started cold calling design firms here in Austin. And I went to 99designs. I hired a, a Photoshop guy, and I, I took a, a stock photo of a, a really beautiful kitchen, and I said, take this image of a Voss water bottle. And I don't know if you all have Voss, but it's a very yeah, clear, slender it, yes. glass bottle, right? It looks very pretty. 
And I said, put the bottle in the kitchen, take away the logo and fill the center with plants and make it look beautiful, right? Put a, put a little shadow on it, whatnot. And that essentially gave me a piece of concept art that I could send to these industrial design firms and say, this is what I'm looking to develop, you know, from a conceptual standpoint. And that was it. And I had never had a, a conversation around design before, but that's what I used to eventually find the firm that we, uh, we hired to design the system. And I pulled out a notebook every night and I just started to do rough sketches and designs on how to figure out how to maximize the amount of plant production in a given volume of space. And that volume of space is ironically determined by the standard sized door frame. So our system, its primary limitation was the fact that it had to fit through a standard sized door, right? You can't order this and then boom, it's not going to fit through your door. You're screwed. So, you know, we had those measurements and we're like, okay, it is probably going to be put in somebody's corner of their house. We want it to look fantastic, but at the end of the day, it's probably where it's going to go. So in order to fill it up and you know, with the maximum amount of volume, it needs to be a cylinder. It needs to have plants growing 360 all the way around. But if it's in a corner, how do you get to the backside? Well, okay, now it needs to rotate. Well, you know, if you've got light that needs to get to all of these plants, if you put the lights around it vertically, you know, maybe four lights uh, around the system, then those lights, no matter where it is, there's always going to be light shining into the rest of the room and into your eyes, right? So, okay, we need to figure out how to align the lights so that they're facing down. And that way it's not putting light pollution out there uh, and making it uncomfortable for folks. So, you know, we need to have sensors to let people know when they need to add more water to the system. We need to have sensors that let people know when it's time to change out the nutrient cartridges, right? That are feeding the plants. We need to have a Wi-Fi antenna in a mobile app. So, these things can all wow. talk to each other and make this really simple, right? We need to have wheels on the bottom because somebody needs to move this thing. If it's full of water, it, you know, it weighs a couple hundred pounds. Uh, what happens if the floor is uneven, <laughs> you know, um, and the thing just starts to roll down, down through the house? What if it tips over and a kid starts to climb it? So all of these questions we didn't even consider when we started down this path. And we just, you know, more things would come to mind and we'd have to change iterations. And at the end of the day, it, you know, it was pretty awesome. We made a full, fully functional prototype. You can go to evergrow.com and you can see the system in my living room and it worked and, you know, it was awesome. That took us about a year and a half to get to that point and uh, a million bucks in, in cash, uh, which I funded through what I was doing with self-made man on, on the other side. Right. So you know, after about a year and a half, I got to a point, I'm like, okay, the original budget for this was like 500 grand. I'm over a million and we're not even, we're not even close. We've got a prototype, but that's it. And at that point I've become aware of what tooling is and the fact that it was going to take $800,000 to get the tooling made to produce this thing and manufacture it. We hadn't even started the mobile app. We hadn't started the shopping cart. We hadn't built a website, didn't have a single employee yet, didn't have an office, haven't gone through safety testing. And I'm like, man, what's it realistically going to take to get this to a production-ready state? And at that point, I can go do like a crowdfund campaign, right, for the first production run. Yeah, yeah, because I've seen these on, on crowdfunding campaigns. Yeah, similar ones. And and they're like, well, probably another $2.5 million. And at that point, I was like, oh, crap. Because uh, juggling self-made in this at the same time, 
to get a million dollars in free cash flow after I've paid my personal bills and taxes and to put a million bucks in cash in a year into something else, you're looking at having to run another business that's making four to five million gross to end up with a million dollars in cash afterward, right? So doing that alone is difficult, let alone doing it just to fund your real project. Um, and I was burned out after a year and a half of doing that. I couldn't do it anymore. So uh, at that time, ironically, a competing company called Click and Grow, who had one of those three plant you know, countertop systems. Oh, I, I backed that campaign. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so they'd been around seven or eight years and I was like, they got a really great product and a concept, but you know, all they've ever had is this little three plant countertop thing. Well, right at that time when I'm going through that dilemma, they come out with three more systems, one that grows nine plants, 31 plants and 55 plants. And not only that, but their 35 plant system, you know, ours grows 36 was up for sale retail at a thousand dollars when ours was going to cost around 3000. So they've got a a simpler system. They've got us beat by price in a huge way. They've got $25 million in funding from Y Combinator. They've got a team of 30 people. They've been in business seven years. They've got a customer base that's buying their seed pods. And I'm like, okay, now I'm now I'm really in an interesting position because if I'm going to keep this going, I've got to go out and raise money, but I can't in good faith go out and raise money knowing that our product is basically second best at this point. Um, so I didn't know what to do. And, and a friend of mine said, you know, look for a way to win, uh, any way that you can, you know, even if it means pulling the plug on it. And so I ended up calling the founder of Click and Grow, Matthias, and having a couple of conversations with him. And I ended up investing six figures into a bridge round that they had open uh, between their A and B raise. And uh, so I essentially became one of a dozen or so investors in Click and Grow and pulled the plug on Evergrow. (laughs) So um, hopefully here in the next three to five years, they're doing really well. They'll have an exit and uh, maybe I'll get my million bucks back. (laughs) <laughs> but uh you know for the most part um you're you're able to still get behind your problem that you're trying to solve in a meaningful way yeah and and that was a part of it too and and at the end of the day it's like hey i i care about this problem being solved and if it's not going to be me at least it's somebody else that's doing a great job of it that i can support right mm, um, that's amazing yeah yeah the interesting part too is having to pull the plug and talk about this publicly right because i've been keeping my audience and my list up to speed on all of this and building anticipation. And I've never had to pull the plug really on anything before. And so how do you do that gracefully? Right. And two, how do you do it in a way that ultimately will benefit your audience, um, and provide them with some lessons learned. And so that, that became the 20 minute video that we put up on Evergrow, which was essentially me telling the story that I just told you, um, and uh, and putting that out there, which was which was an interesting <laughs> interesting thing to do. So, yeah, wow. Because um, usually, right, most founders they'd want to still compete. Was there a big part of you that still wanted to compete, Mike? Uh, you know, yes, but at the same time, I realized that I had taken on something much bigger than I ever anticipated. You know, it's kind of like going into, it's like Elon essentially, but he's obviously clearly much more talented than I am. Uh, deciding to go from information marketing to building a 
computer company or manufacturing computers or a freaking rocket ship or cars. And you can have some talent and you can have a great product, but at the end of the day, pulling that off in a realistic fashion when you have, you're in an industry where you have zero expertise, zero knowledge, zero contacts uh, to, to base your success off of, your chances of succeeding are, are very, very, very slim. And the price that I would have had to have paid to continue down that road uh, would have just been, you know, too high, not only from a financial perspective, but from a stress perspective. And so that, that point I was like, okay, I need to, I need to, uh, go back to the world that I know best and that I'm really good at. And I have a lot of equity in, but I need to establish a new challenge for myself there. The last thing I wanted to do is just go back to internet marketing and, and writing books and courses. Again, I'd done that for 10 years and I'm just, I'm, I was just tired of it. Uh, and as you and I started to talk about at the beginning of our, our call before we started recording today, you were very much on the same path in the fact that we've both realized that there's a cap and a ceiling to building a business around yourself and your brand as a expert, you know, quote unquote. And it's a very satisfying business and it's a very easy one to build, but there's a cap there. If you ever get off the treadmill, oh, well, you can't, your business dies. So you're on it forever. And there's no exit. You can't sell it because nobody's going to buy your your personal brand, and you're not going to sell it to them either. So, um, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. So, what what you what I, I want to touch on that as well. Um, but there's a couple of key things because uh, I'm mindful of your time as well. There's a lot I want to talk about. So, one thing that you've done that I think very very smart, and and some startups have done this. Like, like for example, you've used a cash flow based business to fund and build an asset based business and this is something that um, many companies have done like uh, mailchimp for example they were actually an agency at one point and mm-hmm. they used the agency to actually fund the building of that saas product and uh, i i think that's really smart like how did you did you did you just think up that idea or did you look at some of these other startups that do that no, I just had to figure out a way to do it, right? Like I had to figure out a way to fund Evergrow. And clearly I, you know, I, I have the ability to successfully, you know, build an information business. And so I just had to do it, but I had to do it strategically in a way that would allow me to produce a set amount of cash flow, which for me meant three hundred to $400,000 a month in gross revenue that would produce 100 to 150 in net. Because I had to pay my bills, and then I had to put at least you know, at least eighty to one hundred grand a month into the business, um, and I had to do it in a way that would not take any of my time, right? Because I, that time needed to be on Evergrow and not on the information side. And so, uh, if you've ever been in the education space, you know that to really build a successful business there that's profitable over the long term, you need at least three products. Uh, you know, a low dollar front end product, a mid tier product, and a high dollar back end product to have that level of profitability that I was looking for. Well, I didn't have time to make all of those. That's a year's worth of work right there. And so I was like, okay, these are all the constraints that I have. How do I come up with a solution that will solve all of these in one fell swoop in essentially 30 days? (laughs) So um, necessity is the mother of invention. And so I was like, I've only got time to make one product. In order to, to hit those kinds of revenue numbers, I have to be able to sell this product 
online through paid advertising in a consistent manner, meaning it can't come from a single product launch. I have to be able to advertise this on Facebook and generate systematic revenue that's consistent month after month after month after month. And that has to be done automatically. So the only way that I can pull off those numbers with one product is that I've got to sell a product that's at least 1000 to $2,000. That price point's going to give me the profitability or at least the revenue that I need uh, to not only put you know, at least $500 of that towards customer acquisition and ad spend, but it's also going to leave me at least $500 to $1,000 to, you know, as profit to then go put into Evergrow. And so that's what I did. I, I built one product on um, essentially teaching folks my previous business model and magnetic sponsoring and elevation group, which is essentially how to build a monthly recurring revenue business out of your passion. And I sold that via an automated webinar. So I only had to hold it once, which means my time was completely free. I didn't have to touch it once it was finished. And I sold it for $1,500, which meant if I could acquire a customer for 500 bucks or less, it's going to leave me with $1,000 in profit for every single sale. And if I can, you know, sell 10 a day at $1,500, that's, you know, roughly $15,000 a day in revenue, $450,000 a month. And I'm hitting my, all of my targets. So that was the theory. It sounded like a plan. Didn't know if it was going to work, uh, but essentially executed that and, you know, thank God uh, it, it did because you never know. All of this is dependent upon how the, the webinar converts. And I didn't know how it was going to convert. So we just started testing it. And lo and behold, it converted really, really well. On a $1,500 sale, we were uh, consistently acquiring customers for two to $300 a piece. And we did that every day for two years. And, uh, and that one single product and webinar is what funded all of Evergrow for, for roughly two years. Yeah, that's incredible. And and that's kind of what I wanted to get to before we get to what you're doing now with Self-Made Man, which I think is really cool. And it's, it's awesome that uh, we think you're on the same page, but you're a very smart guy. Um, so it's cool. But uh, I was going to say, um, you know, you are very good at selling online, whether, whether it's in the information you know, products, business, educational products, space, whatever. I think you would be, I'm sure, I know you would be good at selling physical products, service-based businesses, you know, SaaS products. So how, how have you been able to, to, to build up your skills and repertoire to be really good? Like if somebody wanted to be a better copywriter or better at doing sales presentations or better at selling using words, like, where's the best place to start? What do you recommend? What, like, what was your journey there? Like you said that you, you've, you've been mentored and, and, you know, learned from people like Dan Kennedy. But if someone was to start from scratch, not knowing anything around how mm -hmm. to sell products online, which you're very good at, what would you recommend to do? Yeah, that's it. That's it. It's start uh, buying every book you can on the topic, uh, you know, st old school stuff from guys like Dan Kennedy, John Carlton. Uh, you know, Frank Kern, um, there's an endless amount of, of copywriting courses and books available and you just have to dive into it, but you have to dive into it in it with an obsession. When I mean dive into it, I don't mean read a book over the course of a week, you know, every other night and think, you know, how to write copy. I mean, read every single day for an hour or two and then write out all of the successful sales presentations that you can find by hand. And since most of them in, are in video format today, 
you want to go out and you want to find the ones that you know are super successful. You want to have those transcribed, which you can get done for, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 bucks. And when you get that transcribed, you want to write it out by hand. And that's really, really, really critical because what you're going to do is not only acquire the knowledge from a, a scientific and a behavioral and a psychological standpoint, you can come to understand those things like the sales formulas, but in order to actually write in a way that sucks people into a story, the art of this uh, skill set, you have to write out presentations by hand because it's going to imprint on your brain, if you will, a certain type of pacing, a certain vocabulary set, uh, a certain sentence structure and, and way of using punctuation that is an art form that's really difficult to teach, but you can model it. It's like teaching a musical instrument, right? Uh, I can teach you how to read music and I can teach you the structure of it, but until you actually just start to play it and ideally mimic your favorite artists and kind of feel the rhythm of what they've produced, uh, you know, with your own hand, it's not going to make sense to you. And so that to me was, is a really, really critical step. And you keep doing this and you keep studying, you keep reading, you keep practicing for, you know, every night for a year and you don't stop. And that's how you acquire that skill set in a way that's truly effective. And that's essentially what I did. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an amazing uh, action item because I think that skill set, if, you, if you're running any kind of business, that will serve you for the rest of your life, you knowing have, how to yeah. sell. You have to have it. <laughs> you have to have it. Um, and anything you do, right? Like you, you can mm, have the, that's coolest, what I'm saying, yeah. the coolest product in the world, but if you don't know how to sell it, it was all pointless. You know, so for me, this is this is the single most important thing anybody can ever go acquire. And maybe you're not going to master it, but you're at least going to acquire the psychology that's going to allow you maybe to pitch, in a, you know, an investment group or a VC firm uh, or at least hold a freaking email campaign or write a headline for your article or a podcast that gets attention and clicks, right? There's no avoiding it. You have to have this skill set to write ads for Facebook. You have to you have to have it for everything. Mm, yeah, hundred percent. So that brings us to so you invested in um, that other hydroponics company. I, I, you know what happened with me is they actually, I they wouldn't um, they wouldn't send it to me because they don't send to Australia. Mm. I don't know why, but oh, so I never got uh, it. Yeah, they refunded I can, me. I could tell you it's because uh, their system uses seed pods like a Keurig coffee machine, right? So their whole business model is is a subscription set of seed pods. And because those seeds are, you know, an agricultural good, it's just like coming into another country when they ask you if you have any food or crops, right? So that's what it is. They don't want to, you know, get those things out in the wild in Australia and pollute the ecosystem. Gotcha. Yeah, Australia has very tight um, laws around what can come in. They're very, very stringent. So that kind of makes sense. But okay, so... So now coming back to it all, you 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 said uh, you know offline we're talking about self-made man and um, you know what you're doing with the brand now is you're looking to produce courses 
taught by instructors <laughs> very similar to us, yeah, which I think yeah. is a genius idea. And I think it's really cool we're talking about this. So, like, what's the game plan there, man? I, I'd love to hear. Like, please do share. Because this is a big market, right? Like, like, like I'm not, I'm, you know, this, this is a big market, right? There, you know, there's plenty, you know, I'm not, I don't see you as a competitor or anything like that. I just, I just think you're really great at what you do and I want you to share, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to say, I've always been jealous of, uh, of your brand name. I was like, oh, that's such a great name. I wish I had that. <laughs> Um, really how come uh, I just think it's great I, you know I think it's unique I love I love how you guys leave the, leave the E out and, and kind of make your own version of it right and um, you know the 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 tough part about self-made man from a brand perspective is again that, that kind of originally started as a, a mentorship for young men because I I just one that's the advice that I'm qualified to give <laughs> um, you know as a guy and and I just always saw a lot of young male entrepreneurs out there who, you know, are specifically in high school and college and didn't have the, those mentors when they were young growing up and they're trying to come into this space. I was like, all right, there's a problem I, I'm qualified to, to solve and help with. Uh, and we had the domain at the time. We had selfmademan.com. So I was like, yeah, I mean, we've got this asset sitting here. I'm going to use it. And so the challenge is, is that you know, there's a side of it that leaves out uh, the amazing women in uh, in our world. And that's definitely not something that, you know, I want to do, but the brand name itself kind of automatically does that, unfortunately. So we've tried to get self-made and, and you know, just itself, but uh, we've not been able to do that. So that's, you know, that's kind of the downside to it. At this point, we, we don't... Uh, we don't say it's for men or, or, you know, just for men or anything like that. We just let it be what it is and everybody and anybody's welcome. And, uh, and that's just kind of how we're pursuing it. Right. So, uh, as far as the business model goes, again, you and I are both on the same page and that we've realized that it's better to build a company that is an asset that you can sell someday. And it's not built around you and your name and your face. And so that really was the goal with me for Evergrow. And, and so I wanted to continue that goal here with Self-Made Man. And the concept at that point is simple, is how do you build a platform where you can allow other people you know, to shine on it, essentially? And so that's what we've been building for about a year now. Um, you know, I, I had a, my buddy, Justin Tupper, on the Self-Made Man podcast about a year and a half ago, and he was the founder of Revolution Golf. And Revolution mm, Golf big is... Big company, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, you know, company. he started that eight years ago. I remember helping Tupper get his start in internet marketing at events when he didn't know anybody, right? And mm, his biggest and passion... sold it. Yeah, his biggest passion in life is golf, and he built this platform where he has professional golfers come on and they sell a monthly, you know, subscription to that service. And we, I had him on the podcast, and I was like... Yeah, this makes a lot of sense. And, uh, and, and they sold the company, like you mentioned, I believe, to the Golf Channel this year uh, for a really, really fantastic amount of money. And I was like, I need to do that. And so that started that ball rolling, uh, you know, from a, a programming and development standpoint a year ago. We've started uh, producing just a ton of proprietary content, video lessons with, uh, thankfully, people who are some of the most amazing entrepreneurs in the world, just like you, uh, who happen to become friends, right? Through the relationships I've built over the last 10 years. And they were more than happy to fly down into Austin and film, uh, you know, a lesson with us. And the goal for me when I'm thinking about that is how do we make sure all of this content's relevant three or four years from now? So everything we filmed is in 4k, everything we filmed is in 360 VR. 
Um, and so that's essentially the, the front end experience, if you will, or offer is access to this amazing library of content that we're constantly producing and adding to, uh, for $19 a month, uh, 97 a year. And then, uh, as far as, you know, the back end goes, you can't really build a scaled up business with those price points. It's going to cost you more than 20 bucks to acquire a $20 customer. So at that point, you've either got to raise capital and go into debt to do it, or you have to expand your product line. And so for us, we're going to produce master classes, much like the courses that I've traditionally sold uh, throughout my career that are unbelievably detailed, you know, 20 to 30 hours in length, step-by-step A to Z, where you can literally start having never even registered a domain name. And then three to six months later, have a complete working you know, online business at the end of the day. And we'll sell those from a thousand to $2,000 a piece. And that money essentially will be used to fund the continued growth and development of the business while we scale up you know, the, uh, the subscription base, if you will. So. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing, man. Yeah. Look, we are a hundred percent on the same page. Like, are you, did, um, well, I got to ask, did you, are, have you guys built a similar platform? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't you... built the platform. No, we haven't built the platform yet. Got it. Um, but uh, yeah, we we're, we're just starting to. Sounds um, like that would be work. too crazy if if we built the exact same thing. <laughs> no, <laughs> we have we we yeah we will build a a customized platform to optimize for you know completion rates and all these kinds of things. But yeah. um, now we haven't touched that side of things yet. For now, we just want to get. Um, start building out what our audience tells us they want uh, and, and just working with instructors. My, so my goal this year is for us to build really a, a really solid team that can do this at scale, producing really high-quality courses that uh, you know, aren't out there taught by you know, experts at scale. So then you know, next year, hopefully, we can focus on the platform and, and double the production rate of, right. of courses that we're producing. And yeah. then, yeah, eventually – same thing as you, some sort of um, subscription. We haven't, we haven't, you know, nailed that yet. So whether we go a la carte um, or whether we go full subscription or a la carte with subscription, or right. yeah, there's a few different ways. We yeah, we kind of have to test that out. Which I'm sure, like, you know, you you'll you'll be testing different things as well, right? Yeah, I mean, we just you know, I, I went and joined every every learning platform out there that I could Linda creative lives. Yeah. Yep. Me, me too. I've spoken, know. I've spoken to the founders of some as well. Yeah. Yep. Tried to work it all out. Yeah. Yeah. And I just tried to find the best qualities out of all of them to make ours. Right. And, and what we ended up going with. So, uh, who knows? You know, we uh, will go live here on uh, Monday with pre-launch. I don't know when this this will go live. By the time your audience is hearing this, we're I'm sure we're probably already live and up and running. So, yeah, this will go live in a few months. Okay, yeah, then you know yep. we'll be we'll be uh, a couple months into it at that point. So, yeah, <laughs> who knows? Who knows at that point? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. No. Look, I'm sure it'll do really, really well. You're you're fantastic at what you do, Mike. Like, uh, I'm a big fan. Yeah, likewise, brother. It's been uh, it's been cool to watch you guys develop at Founder, and and uh, you're definitely the prettiest brand out there by by a long shot. I, <laughs> I aspire to to hit y'all's quality at some point. Uh, yeah. So you set you guys set a, a, f- a phenomenal benchmark in that regard. So. Oh, Absolutely. thank you. Yeah. Look, it's it's hard to get that cut through, right? So. 
there's because there's, there's a lot of stuff. That's why I said like I'm happy to talk. You know, I, it's cool. It's because we have a similar vision, and you know, at the end of the day, we're both promoting entrepreneurship and and just really want to serve and help founders. You know, build a successful business. So yeah, yeah. I don't. Yeah, you know, like whether it's you know Entrepreneur Magazine, Success Magazine, or any of these other publications, whether a publication with an educational company, like I just think it's really cool, and I, I really respect and admire all of your work. I love your podcast. I, I never found out about what happened with the hydroponic stuff, so I'm glad that I could find out. I, I always, I thought that was a really cool idea. I loved it. So yeah, man. Like, um, we'll, I'm mindful of your time. We'll probably work towards wrapping there. But where's the best place people can find out more about yourself and your work? Yeah, just you know, MikeDillard.com is probably the best place to go. Uh, my story's up there, and and the Evergrow story and Self Made Man and and uh, everything that that we've been working on the last few years. So that would be it. Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview. As you might already know, our mission at Founder is to help tens of millions of people every single week with our content, either start or grow their business, which is exactly why we're partnering with world-class founders such as Damon John, Alexa Von Tobel, Greta Van Riel, and so many more to teach crucial skills such as negotiation, finance, e-commerce, and so much more. So if you'd like to get access to these free exclusive trainings, please go to founder.com forward slash free. These are 100%. We go super in depth on teaching a particular topic, and I know that you're going to love them if you enjoy this podcast. So just go to founder.com forward slash free. All right, guys, I'll see you in the next episode.